Welcome to evening worship service here at Broadway Baptist Church. We're so glad you're able to make it. Uh, go ahead and open up your Bibles to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 42. We're going to be looking at this entire chapter this evening. Here we are at that transition right after Christmas, uh, right before the new year. And I just trust the Lord uh, just bless you uh, on Christmas Day a couple of days ago. It's certainly powerful to wake up and remember that on December 25th, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He came. The word Noel means birth. He was born for you and I. So we come here this evening just remembering Christ has been born, and we are here celebrating that. So I want you to go ahead and open up your Bibles and go ahead and turn there. And we're going to read this scripture. We are going through, if you're new to joining us here on a Sunday evening sermon series, we're going through the life of Joseph. We're doing a character study on how God molded and used this young man and just had great plans for him and a future for him. We have to remember, Joseph, he was the 11th of 12 sons. And not only that, he had favoritism showed towards him. He was Jacob. His father was Jacob. He was Jacob's favorite son, sold into slavery in Egypt. And now all of a sudden, here we find... Um, find him he's been in prison and he's god has been with him and he raised him up and he finds himself in uh charge right under pharaoh god gave joseph dreams he had a dream of seven good years and the years that time for saving and storing up grain and then seven years of famine and that's actually where we're going to pick up tonight we're here in the midst of the seven years of famine remember Joseph still has 11 brothers. His 11 brothers are in an area called Canaan, which is in current day Israel. And his father Jacob is an older man, and they are running out of food. So Jacob is going to take the initiative and realize word has gotten out that Egypt has food. In the whole story of what we see, if there was a, a theme of guess what we're seeing through Joseph's life, of how the hand of God was working in Joseph. And many times he didn't even know it. And you don't even, the, the, you don't even realize it. But I think what's powerful for us is we need to realize even this year, this is the last Sunday. This is actually the last worship service of 2020. Here we are at the very end, December 27th. And you think about that. What an unusual year. A year that started out, I mean, I think about my own life. I actually rang in the new year in 2020 at Walt Disney World. We were uh, there at Magic Kingdom. We were there at uh, whatever, uh, Hollywood Studios, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, down there visiting those places at the first of the year. And now I never would have dreamed that this would have been quite a year. I go from, really, we just we had an exciting way to launch our church and a lot of exciting new initiatives and plans and goals and missions. Never would have dreamed, I said, by the end of the year, I'd become an internet preacher. Because essentially, that's what COVID, that's what the coronavirus has turned a lot of churches focus into. So even though it has been a massive change, even though I preach now with a TV next to me and a table, 
and empty pews talking to a camera directly in front of me. Here I am talking to you. I mean, we haven't had a regular Sunday evening worship service like this with people here since March 8th. That's how long it's been. We haven't passed an offering plate since March 8th in our church. You now give in a box, you give online. It's just a radically different world, even in the church world. You come to church and you're wearing a mask. And I share all this because despite all of these changes, God is at work. His hand is moving and is uh, working. Many of you have not been back to the sanctuary, not, not set foot in Broadway Baptist Church in nearly a year. But despite all that, we take comfort and hope in the Lord. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles. Genesis chapter 42, verses 1 through 38. We're going to look at all these scriptures. I'm going to read the first few verses here and stop and talk about it. It says here in verse 1, When Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why do you keep on looking at each other? Let's stop right there. Because this is, I think, what sets the stage for tonight's sermon. I, you know, I'm a Bible, Bible lover, especially different Bible translations. I preach out of the Christian Standard Bible, which is the Southern Baptist Bible. And, but I also all the time reference other scriptures. And one that I frequently reference is called the New American Standard Bible. And I have a, 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 I have a verse up here from the New American Standard Bible on the screen. It's Genesis 42.1. So I want you to look up here of what, of what I have. I'll read it to you. It says, Now Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt. And Jacob said to his sons, Why are you staring at each other? I love that phrase. Now I, th- I think that Jacob's an elderly man. He's got 11 boys there at the house. And Joseph's in Egypt, but they think Joseph's dead. And we've run out of food. There's no more grain. We've, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not really a, a massive nation at this point. We're just a, like a large family. It's like we've had a big Christmas or New Year's or Thanksgiving party. And all of a sudden, we're out of food. So if that were to happen maybe at your house or my house, if we're standing around... We said, well, I guess we're not going to eat Christmas dinner because we don't have any food. Sherry would look at me and say, Walmart is just less than a mile from our house. Why don't you go get some food or why don't you go to Cracker Barrel and get some takeout food or somewhere and bring it home? I mean, there would be an action plan. Jacob did the action plan. Guys, there's no food. There's no grain. Why are you staring at each other? You know, when you don't know what you do, this is kind of the response. So, well, there's no food. How are you doing today? So let's just look around. And Jacob's saying, guys, take action. Jacob, you have to remember, he's a patriarch. God has appeared to him. God has renamed him Israel. And I think what we need to remember is when you trust in the Lord, you take action on that trust. You actually have to believe that God is going to do something. You have to believe that God is going to answer this prayer. When the Lord makes provisions, 
And Jacob knows, hey, we didn't just bring us here to Canaan. He didn't just bring us here to this place for us to die. God is working in a midst. Even in your life, this Christmas season, you might have spent Christmas alone. You didn't have folks come visit you. It was a Christmas unlike any other you've ever experienced. You might not have ever received a present this year. You might not have gotten a phone call. It was sad. It was different. But we need to remember the Lord, He's looking at us and say, instead of sitting around waiting for something to happen, waiting for the famine to end, why don't you take action? And maybe the Lord is speaking to you this evening. And he's saying, why don't you take action? Why don't you do something about this? Why don't you try to solve this problem? So that's where we pick up right there. Now we're going to see the action plan that Jacob is encouraging his sons to take. He goes on to say here, verse 2. Listen, I've heard that there's grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so we will not live, so we'll live and not die. So ten of Joseph's brothers went down and bought grain from Egypt. Do you know why only ten could go? Benjamin was not allowed to go. Benjamin was the new favorite son. Remember, Jacob had four wives. And it wasn't like the man was divorced three times and just got a new wife. He had four wives at the same time. And his favorite wife had passed away. Her name was Rachel. Rachel died giving birth to Benjamin. Benjamin's the baby. The, Benjamin's older brother of Rachel was Joseph. So there was these two sons that, jo, that Jacob loved the most. He showed favoritism. That was one of his character flaws. It was Joseph, whom he believed was dead, and then it was Benjamin, whom basically he wouldn't even let walk out of the house. He's like, listen, you're not going anywhere. You're my favorite son. You just stay right here, and you're going to be here in the house. Because I sent Joseph out, and he never came back. He's dead. That's what he believed. So he's only going to send the ten older brothers to go buy grain. You say, well, why would he not send the, um, uh, like a servant or a slave back then, or someone who's just a helper? Because you wouldn't, Egypt wouldn't just sell, sell grain to a slave. They wouldn't see uh, someone from the family. So there was a sense of, if you're going to go to Egypt, you send your, uh, the heirs and those that are influential to buy for your family. Verse, t verse 3. So ten of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers, for he thought something might happen to him. You know, that's kind of what, that's what mama and dad does to the, to, do, to the baby. The baby stays at the house. Baby's not going anywhere. We don't want anything bad to happen. The sons of Israel, Israel is Jacob, were among those who came to buy grain. For the famine in that land was in the land of Canaan, that's Israel. Joseph was in charge of the country. He sold grain to all its people. His brothers came and bowed down before him and their faces to the ground. Now look at this. Remember the dream Joseph had? In many ways, this is what got him uh, sold as a slave. That he had a dream that 
uh, his brothers would be bowing down before him. And knowing that, even his mother and father would be bowing down. This was back when he was 17 years old. This is 15 years earlier. At this point, Joseph is now 32 years old. The famine is severe. So now, many years have passed. And what's happened is, look what verse 7 says. When Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them. But he treated them like strangers, and he spoke harshly to them. They had bowed down. They didn't recognize him. He had his Egyptian attire on. It had been many years. They had no clue what happened to Joseph. And the last person on earth they believed was going to be their brother would have been the prime minister, second man second in charge. Although Joseph, they asked the question, Joseph says, where do you come from, he asked, from the land of Canaan to buy food, they replied. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Joseph remembered his dreams about them and said to them, you are spies. He's playing a game with them now. You've come to see the weakness of the land. Know, my lord, your servant. Your servants have come to buy food, they said. For we are all sons of one man. We are honest. Your servants are not spies. No, he said to them, you've come to see the weakness of the land. But they replied, we are your servants. Our twelve brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. The youngest now is with our father, and one is no longer living. Mentioning Joseph. They thought they, they told the story. That was basically what they've told themselves. They have no clue. All they know is they sold that boy to, into slavery. They don't know if he's dead or alive, but the story they told their father, the lie that everybody has believed in the family, is that he died and an animal attacked him. But these ten brothers are fully aware. Even probably Benjamin isn't aware that their brother is alive. Or he was sold into slavery. They don't know what happened to him. They lied to their father. Goes on to say there. Then Joseph said to them, I've spoken. You are spies. This is how you will be tested. As surely as Pharaoh lives, you will not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one from among you to get your brother. The rest of you will be in prison so that your words can be tested to see if they are true. If they are not... Then as surely as Pharaoh lives, you are spies. So Joseph imprisoned them for three days. He threw them all in jail. That's probably not at all what they were expecting. On the third day, Joseph said to them, I fear God. Do this and you will live. If you are honest, let one of you be confined to the guardhouse. While the rest of you go and take grain to relieve the hunger of your households. Remember, he's talking about his dad, his family. He knows, I can't keep these men here in prison. They need to get home because they're here to buy grain and help their family out. Bring your youngest brother to me so that your words can be confirmed. Then you won't die. And they consented to this. Then they said to each other, obviously, we are being punished for what we did to our brother. We saw his deep distress when he pleaded with us, but we would not listen. That is why this trouble has come to us. So now they're talking. This is what's amazing. They're talking among themselves. But Reuben replied. This is Reuben talking with the brothers. 
Didn't I tell you not to harm the boy? But you wouldn't listen. Now we must account for his blood. So they are actually having a conversation about selling their baby brother Joseph into slavery 15 years prior. In front of Joseph, not realizing that he understands what they're saying. Verse 23, the amazing Bible verse. They did not realize that Joseph understands them since there is an interpreter between them. So what happens is, I would say, they, Joseph knew Egyptian. He's talking to his brothers in his native Egyptian because he can't disclose that he also knows Hebrew. The brothers are talking to Joseph through an interpreter. The interpreter understands what the brothers are saying among themselves, but the interpreter is not sharing that back to, um, to, the, to Joseph. So Joseph hears their private conversation because he knows their language. And they're basically, they have a guilty conscience. Fifteen years later, that they have sold their brother into slavery. And God is punishing them for that. And that is why these bad things are occurring to them right now. That's why they're locked up. That's why they're being accused of being a spy. That's why someone is going to, they're going to have to bring Benjamin back. And they know their father will not want that. They know there will be great consequences. And Joseph, though, has not revealed to them that he knows Hebrew and he understands their language. It goes on to say here, verse 24, He turned away from them and wept. When he turned back and spoke to them, he took Simeon from them and had him bound before their eyes. Joseph then gave orders to fill their containers with grain, return each man's silver to his sack, and give them provisions for their long, for their long journey. This order was carried out. They loaded the grain on their donkeys and left there. So they were sent out, and they, were, they received their money back, and they, they had to go back home. Simeon is bound, literally in chains. So it gave this appearance. He wanted to show to his brothers that Simeon is now mine. You don't get him back until you bring back Benjamin. At the place where they lodged for the night, one of them opened his sack to get his feed for his donkey. And he saw his silver there, verse 28, at the top of his bag. He said to his brothers, my silver has been returned. It's here in my bag. Their hearts sank, thinking, oh no. Now we're going to be accused of stealing the grain. They've already bound Simeon. They loaded up the grain with the silver, meaning we didn't even pay for this. They knew this is, they've already been in jail for three days. This is tragic. Trembling, they turned to one another and says, what has God done to us? Notice they give credit. Everything goes to the Lord. It was because of God these things are happening. The good and the bad are a result of the Lord. That's what we learn from them. 
He goes on to say, verse 29, When they reached their father Jacob in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them. The man who is the Lord of the country spoke harshly to us and accused us of spying on, on the country. But we told him we are honest and not spies. We were twelve brothers and sons of the same father. One is no longer living, and the youngest is now with our father in the land of Canaan. The man knew, the man who is the Lord of the country said to us, This is how I will know if you're honest. Leave one brother with me. Take food and relieve the hunger of your households and go. Bring back your youngest brother to me, and I will know that you're not spies, but honest men. I will then give your brother back to you, and you can trade in the country. As they began carrying, began emptying their sacks, there in each man's sack was his bag of silver. When they and their father saw their bags of silver, they were afraid. Even Jacob realized, oh no, they didn't even accept the payment. Something is going on here. I got all this grain, all this food for free with no, with, with no payment. Their father Jacob said to them, It's me that you, it's me that you make childless. Joseph is gone. Simeon is gone. Now you want to take Benjamin. Everything happens to me. Jacob is mourning. He's saying, okay, Joseph's gone. Simeon's now gone. Next, they're wanting Benjamin. Like all Egypt's doing is taking everything I have. I have nothing, nothing to stand on. Then Reuben said to his father, now remember who Reuben is. Reuben is the oldest. Reuben is the firstborn. He's the one that actually, that first they were going to kill Joseph right away. But he said, let's just throw him in a pit knowing I'm going to come back and get him back out. Reuben was very good at honoring his father. Reuben said to his father, You can kill my two sons if I don't bring them back to you. Put them in my care and I will return him to you. So Reuben willfully gives up his two sons. Those are Jacob's grandsons to kill if he doesn't bring back, bring back Simeon. You know, that was pretty quick of Reuben. He just uh, right away threw, um, threw off his two grandkids or his two children, Jacob's grandkids. But Jacob answered, My son will not go down with you, for his brother is dead and he alone is left. If anything happens to him on your journey, you will bring my gray hairs down to Sheol in sorrow. You know what's, what's sad about that? is Jacob is an older man and he's at the point where he re he's realizing all I have left is my favorite son Benjamin. I've lost Joseph. Now I've lost Simeon. And something is going on because they didn't even accept payment for this grain. We aren't prepared for what God is doing. Like they're all just nervous and jittery. And he makes the statement, Jacob, he says, my youngest son is not going to go. Have you ever said something and then you had to walk it back? You had to say, well, maybe I spoke too harsh. Maybe I spoke too quickly. Maybe I spoke out of turn. Well, that's what, what Jacob has just done. He's thinking, there's no way I'm allowing my son 
my favorite son now, Benjamin, to go down there, the baby. Do you know, I think what we see here is Jacob, he was someone who trusted God. We see a man, a picture of a man who trusts the Lord. Trust is always accompanied by action. And that's important for us and principle for us because a lot of times we, we're very quick like Jacob. And right, right off the bat, he's saying, well, you need to go to Egypt and get your grain. Why are y'all staring at each other? Well, then you get to Egypt and some unexpected things start to happen. Your boys get thrown in jail for three days. Simeon is bound. Now they want to bring back down Benjamin. It's just not what you had planned for. But the whole time, even when things don't go what we planned for, we are called to trust the Lord. Jesus is speaking to you tonight. And he's saying, do you trust me? Do you trust me in 2021? Do you believe I can make a provision? I can provide. These things happen to the brothers. So they see their great need and God's provision. Their great need. The great thing they need the most is for God to provide them with food. There is a terrible famine in the land. And God has put Joseph in charge of all the food, in charge of all of Egypt, with a great purpose, with the provision to bring down Jacob and his family, all their families. There was only about 70 of them. God's plan was to lead these, this little clan, this little Hebrew nation of 70 people came from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to bring them to Egypt, ultimately to survive the famine. Now, what's amazing about it is they left Canaan. They left the promised land, but they only, they, they, was, they probably think we're just going to go down there for a few months, few years. 400 years later. Do you know here in, it's, it's 2020, if we go back in time in our nation, 400 years, that's when the Mayflower set sail for America. 400 years we have been a nation. A young, well, not, we just, we've been settled by England, by the pilgrims. It's taken that long. That is a long time. Think about all the changes. If we went back in time, the pilgrims were bringing the Geneva Bible. They were teaching out of the King James Bible. That's just a radically different time. They were coming here speaking Old English and their battles were against the Native American Indians here on the land. It's just, there, there was, the, the country we now know as America didn't look like this whatsoever 400 years ago. And that's the picture we see in Egypt. A little group of 70 people, like some pilgrims, are going down to Egypt. 400 years later, there's over a million of them coming out. Coming out of slavery. Going to the promised land. That was the great exodus, what God did through Moses. God provides for this young Hebrew nation. And if He provides for Jacob, for Joseph... Benjamin and these 12 brothers, this young nation, church, he provides for you. 
God provides for Broadway Baptist Church. He has strengthened and brought our church through this pandemic. I believe 2021, if we had a theme for this year for our church, it should be rebuild. God is going to do something great. We are rebuilding our church. COVID-19 has taken a hit. Pews used to be full. Classes used to be full. Now, half the folks don't feel safe coming. And there's just rebuilding work to do. You take somebody who hasn't been to church in nine months, it's hard for them to get back in the habit. But we serve a great God. He even sustains us. He carries us through places such as Egypt. I think one of the great things we see in the scripture, how God is certainly working, is if you look here in verse 38, last verse, my son will not go down with you for his brother is dead and he alone is left. They have allowed their father to believe that lie. If anything happens to him on your journey, you will bring my gray hairs down to Sheol and sorrow. Sheol is basically called in the Hebrew, understanding the place of the dead. It's where dead people go. Sometimes that Bible is a word, a Bible word is translated hell. But it's not necessarily, Sheol isn't necessarily a place of torture. Sheol is in their mind, 4,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, Everybody, when you die, you go to Sheol. It's the place of the dead. It's the place of death. And Jacob is communicating. He's saying, I have been through so much grief. I've had such a challenging time with you boys. I'm not going to allow you to take my gray hairs and die. I don't want this to kill me. I don't want to lose Benjamin and die. And he's basically, Jacob is trying to hold on to what little he has. And what he's trying to grasp onto late in his life is his son, Benjamin. Think about you. You might be on up there in age and you're trying to hold on to something, whether that's your retirement account, your bank account, you're trying to grasp for something. And you're saying, I've got this security. I've got my son. I've got my daughter. I've got my grandchildren. I own this house. That's what I, is the only thing that's stable and familiar in my life. And if I were to lose it, I were to die. God wants you and I to get us to the point spiritually where we're not holding on to our children or money. We are holding on to Him. Are you holding on to the Lord? Are you trusting the Lord in 2020? Have you trusted the Lord this year? Have you placed complete faithfulness in Him? Many of us are like with that verse I read in verse 1. But Jacob asked the question, well, Why are you sitting around staring at each other? Why don't you take some action? You need to do something about it. There comes a point in our spiritual life where God wants you and I to respond to Him. God wants us to respond to the gospel. Are you ready to respond to the gospel right now? Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? 
Have you said yes? Maybe this whole year you've been putting it off. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now and pray and receive Jesus. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. Dear Jesus, you repeat this prayer after me. It's a prayer of faith, the sinner's prayer. I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, I live for you. From this day on, I'm yours. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. The Bible says if you made that commitment, you make that promise. The Lord, He never comes short. He never is, His, his arm is not too short. He doesn't come up empty, fulfilling His end of the promise. God bless you. I want to hear from you. Fill out our commitment card. Our online connection card, if you made a decision, let me know. Reach out to our Facebook page here. Send our church an email that you made a decision to follow the Lord. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful new year this week. This is the last worship service of 2020 here at Broadway Baptist. I look forward to seeing you in the new year. God bless you. I will see you in um, uh, January 3rd. See you then.